Roushing Judgment is what you're listening to right now. We're going to get into some Roush recycling tips. And, um, you know, just to give you a sense of my unofficial credentials here, uh, I, do mo- I do know more than most people about recycling, um, at least in the U.S. I don't know what, you know, other countries' uh, recycling standards are. But um, I'm actually constantly reminded of how much more I know about recycling than most people because, you know, I take out the recycling uh, in my apartment building. That's one of my chores I do. I, you know, enjoy doing it, or at least I would say it's, you know, relaxing, helps me feel like I'm being productive. So yeah, every time I go to the uh, refuse room where the recycling bins are, yeah, I see people making lots and lots and lots of different mistakes that are very easily avoidable. Um, And, you know, even just like people I know in my life who are well-meaning, they don't know a lot of these things. So I thought it was worth doing an episode. And... um, I think it's really important from a populist uh, leftist standpoint, actually, because, you know, as as all of you know, I care about my political values. I try to live those values. And one of those values that's deeply important to me is standing in solidarity with the working class. So you might be thinking, well, what's that have to do with recycling? Um most recycling workers are working class people, right? They maybe don't have a four-year college degree. Um, A lot of them, from what I know, don't have any kind of, uh, you know, post-secondary education or technical training or anything like that. Um, But they do a very important job, right? Like, you know, I think recycling is immensely important. I think that our environment would be so much cleaner and we'd be saving so much money and depleting less of our natural resources if we had uh, more investment in government recycling programs. Um, So when you recycle well, when you put in the effort to educate yourself on how to best recycle, you're showing respect to working class people because the better you do it, the less work they have to do. And in fact, if if you're not careful about it, you can even risk injuring them, right? Like if you put stuff in the recycling that really should not be going there, uh, that could be a danger to their health. So if you care about showing respect to working class people in the same way that, you know, you give a a tip and maybe not just like a 15% tip, maybe you do a 20% tip or a 25% tip and you just show kindness and respect to your uh, mail person or your UPS or Amazon delivery person or whatever it is, um, making sure you're doing as good a job as you can recycling is in line with all of those behaviors, right? It all comes down to respect for working class people, just respect for your fellow human beings. 
And frankly, uh, it, it's not that hard. Like it doesn't, well, no, I shouldn't say that. You know what? I don't like it when, cause I don't like it when people do that, when people say like, oh, this thing is easy. You know what? So I apologize. I take it back. Um, cause almost nothing is easy. I mean, you know, there are complications to just about everything. So it, it, instead of saying it's easy or that it's not hard, I'll say that I don't think it will take a ton of your time to adjust your recycling habits or to get educated on the um, recycling system and the recycling standards in your area. Because to be fair to everyone, uh, it it isn't super straightforward. It, It definitely isn't. It's not, you know, super common sense that you would just pick up naturally and recycling standards can change based on every state, based on even, you know, within a county. I mean, whatever it is, right? So, you know, if you're in an apartment building, then you need to learn what the standard is for your particular apartment building. If you're in a house, then, you know, hopefully they have instructions on the bins you're given, or if not, then... Uh, hopefully it's very easy to just look up, you know, what are the recycling standards for XYZ area I live in, right? Um, so that, I mean, to get into like how you educate yourself on it, that's one way is just some Google searching and, you know, make sure it's like a .gov website so that it's your actual like official um, standards. Not that the information on that website is guaranteed to be perfect, but it's a good starting point. If for whatever reason you can't easily pull up that website or you don't know someone who can direct you to it, uh, if you just go down to like the city hall and the kind of government, you know, area of where you live and ask around, you know, see if they have some pamphlets for you, then you can learn that way. I think the best way to learn, but this is more time consuming, and to be fair, I only ended up doing this as a journalist. It wasn't something I just naturally was doing. Um, the best way to is to actually do a tour of your local recycling plant and talk to the people managing that facility, talk to the workers if you're able to, and just ask questions about you know, common misconceptions, common mistakes people make. Um, Just make sure that, you know, you uh, are respectful to them and are paying attention and and taking good notes. And if you do that, then you'll know as much as I do, right? And you'll probably, you know, be able to pass on the the kind of knowledge I'm trying to pass on for this episode. Because that's the whole reason I know as much as I do is I did, I did that tour as part of a job. I did a journalistic piece on it. I was working for sort of an environmentally consumer packaged goods company. So I would do a lot of content for them that was targeted toward people who were into uh, taking care of the environment and trying to buy products that uh, don't have as much of a negative impact on the environment. Right. So, uh, now that I've kind of gotten all of that out of the way about, um, the background of showing respect to working class people and how you can find that information, 
uh, I'm going to give you some potential shortcuts just by uh, telling you about some recycling tips that I do that I think a lot of people miss that shouldn't be too time consuming uh, if it's something you care about. So I'll start by saying that you have to consider whether your system is single stream or dual stream. So single stream means that all of the different types of recyclables are grouped together when you dispose of them. When, when you put them into the bins in your apartment building or out uh, on the curb if you're in a house, right? And single stream is, is very common. Um, I'm from San Diego. Uh, my parents' house, they still live there. They have a single stream. Um, so they just have a little box they take out to the bins and they just put everything in there, right? Paper, glass, metal, plastic. Obviously, single stream from a consumer standpoint is preferable because you don't have to do as much. Um, you don't have to think as much. I don't know the history of why some places are single stream and some places aren't. Uh, I would imagine it has something to do with the infrastructure of the specific place. So San Diego is single stream, right? That's where I'm from. New York, where I live now, where I've been living for a long time, New York is uh, dual stream, meaning that there are two different categories and you have to actually separate your recyclables, which is more work, of course. Um, and, 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 you know, it adds uh, some complications. And this is why I, I was saying that, you know, you shouldn't try to just tell people it's easy or that they're dumb if they're struggling to figure it out. Because it is, it is more complicated than it should be, ideally, just because the system does not have as, as much investment in it. Um, and obviously, you know, I, ideally the onus would just be on the recycling workers and the managers who run that whole system. But like I said, we want to help them out because they're underfunded. I, I guarantee you they're not making as much money as they should. And obviously the workers are not the ones deciding the funding and the, uh, the system and everything, right? So we want to help them out. Um, so dual stream, you, you should double check just to be really safe depending on your area. But I can tell you at least that in New York City and in many other places, dual stream usually means that paper is one category and uh, plastic, metal, and glass is the, other, uh, is the other category. So if you're in a standard New York City apartment building and you go to the refu uh, refuse room on your floor or um, you know maybe near your super's office if you don't have a refu uh, refuse room on every floor, wherever it is, you'll probably see two bins. There will be a paper one, maybe that one will be green, and then you'll see a... Um, uh, another one that probably will be blue or some other color, and that's for the plastic metal glass. Um, and even if maybe the colors aren't what I'm saying, you know, if your super, your building manager, whatever is 
more responsible about it and they're, you know, doing what they should be doing, then they'll have labels on it, right? They'll have like the government issued labels that visually show you what is supposed to be going in those two different bins, right? Um, so, you know, it seems pretty straightforward, but I'm going to tell you a lot of guidelines. I think many people don't know or that they don't care to follow. Uh, so just a lot of, of mistakes I see very often. Uh, one of the top ones is putting soft plastics in the recycling bin. I see that all the time. So when I say a soft plastic, I mean like a bag of chips. That's like one of the most common examples, right? Bag of chips, um, any sort of plastic container that, you know, sort of has a bag-like kind of easily malleable quality to it, right? So like, but you know, uh, the kind of plastic bags you use for your trash is another example of a soft plastic. Uh, unfortunately, most recycling systems cannot process soft plastics, and soft plastics even can interfere with recycling. Um, so the only plastics you want to put in the recycling bin are the government-approved hard plastics. So hard plastic being a plastic bottle, like something you would have a, you know, drink a soda out of or a juice or something like that. Um, and even with the hard plastics, you want to be safe by looking at the numbers on the bottom of it. And really the only numbers that are guaranteed to be recycled are number one and number two. And it's unfortunate because a lot of plastics are not number one and number two. Um, and if it's not a number one or a number two, <sighs> this is where talking to the recycling workers really comes in handy. Like, I, you know, there's so much variation to it area to area that I, I can't tell you for sure if your area would take beyond number one and number two, even if technically they are hard plastics, right? So that's that's why doing the tour is really valuable. Um, you know, hopefully they have an official tour program set up where you are. If not, maybe you can just ask them to pop in sometime. But if you can't do that, and if the information on your local website isn't clear enough, I think it's best to just be safe and stick to the number ones and number twos. Um, because if you're wrong, it's just going to get thrown out anyway, and it could even cause, you know, some sort of uh, extra work for them or some problem for them. So uh, cartons. Uh, cartons are—obviously, they have aspects to them that are plastic and not plastic. So cartons are—you would think that they're kind of confusing— uh, cartons go in with the plastic. So cartons go in with plastic. If, if you're in a dual stream system, you should be putting your cartons in with plastic, metal, and glass. Do not put them in with paper. This is a very, very frequent mistake I see people make, is that they will put cartons in the paper section. 
And I try to be forgiving of that because it's confusing, right? Like a carton has kind of this paper pulpy lining to it, but ultimately it is treated more as a plastic. And obviously the, the cap of a carton usually is plastic. Um, this is another thing. Uh, keep caps on when they're plastic caps. So if you have a Coca-Cola bottle with a plastic cap and, you know, plastic base, when you recycle it, screw that plastic cap back on and keep them together. This is, this is what I was told for um, my area from the recycling plant manager. Uh, so again, you should double check, but from based on my conversation with her and some other people, I would be kind of surprised if there were people who were going around telling you to like only put the cap in or something like that or, or saying that it really was better if you separate them. Let me know if that's the case. Like, I would be interested to learn that. But from what I've seen so far, um, you should really keep the plastic cap on the plastic bottle. Then, but if you have a metal cap, right? So let's say you get a glass bottle of Coca-Cola with a metal um, cap, then you should separate it because then you're, you're separating uh, the glass and the metal because those are two different substances, right? And that's really important because a lot of dual stream systems use magnets to separate metal from glass and plastic. And then they use sort of a, at least the place I went to and they said that it was very common to do this. Uh, they also use kind of a weight measurement mechanism to separate glass and plastic. So let's say that you, um, you put your metal cap back on your glass bottle because you think that's what you're supposed to do and you kind of like fasten it on there. That could cause a problem because imagine, you know, the magnet is sucking up the metal, right? But then it's sucking up the metal and your glass bottle is attached to that metal. So this could be the case with anything that, that combines um, metal and glass, right? You really want to separate them because when the magnet sucks the metal upward, you don't want any non-metal to go with it especially because then it could fly off, it could break, it could, etc. right? You're, again, it all goes back to trying to make less work for these workers who I guarantee you are not being paid enough and often, I'm sure, are not being given good enough benefits, working more hours than they should, not being paid um, overtime, whatever it is, right? So that's a big one. Uh, and just to recap, so don't put soft plastics in the recycling. Soft plastics need to be trashed. Unfortunate, uh, unfortunately, we do not have a system that can process them. Um, you know, I, I would need to investigate it more, but I, I have a feeling that this statistic you see all the time about how only, you know, 10% or whatever of plastic actually gets recycled I would bet you that a lot of it has to do with people 
putting soft plastics in, uh, or, or our inability to recycle soft plastics, right? So if you, if you want to get your soft plastics recycled, there are companies like TerraCycle that you can hire, but it's expensive to do that. You have to pay for this box to order it from them and ship it back. I did that one time with my income level. It's not really financially sustainable. So hey, just, just so you know, there are ways to deal with soft plastics. It's not like you just have to put them in the trash and that's it, but it's not really feasible for most people to be recycling their soft plastics. Um, I actually would love to get TerraCycle as a, uh, a sponsor someday. I mean, I know I, just, I literally just said that it's not like affordable for most people to do that regularly, but you know. I think once my financial situation gets a bit better, uh, I, I think you can do something like TerraCycle regularly if you really care about it and you're middle class, upper middle class. Obviously, if you're wealthy, you could do it. Um, if you're like broke or like poor, then or even even working class, I, I don't know if I would recommend doing something like that. I, I think it's probably not worth your money. But um, anyway, yeah. Don't want to spend too much time talking about soft plastics, but it is an important point, right? That's one of the biggest mistakes I see people make in the refuse room in my building and uh, just in all kinds of buildings I've lived in. Um, another big mistake I see people make is not removing staples. So, you know, um, we order and pick up a lot of things that will have staples attached to them, right? Like if you, excuse me, if you get, you know, your, uh, like I'm looking at one right now, if you get like your pharmacy bag from CVS, Walgreens, whatever it is, uh, it'll be like a paper bag often with staples attached to it with like another piece of paper that has information about the medication. Um, I highly recommend just going to an office supply store uh, or ordering on one online so you can get a staple remover. Because I learned from going to the recycling center that metal is very valuable. And metal actually has a higher recycling rate, significantly so, that compared to plastic. And even glass, I think, too. Metal has a um, higher recycling rate. So you really want to get them more metal because for better or worse, I mean, I think worse, we, we have a kind of a, a government sort of capitalist hybrid recycling system where even if there are government services that are helping to collect the recyclables and get it to the sorting center and then send that to the um, uh, processing places, often they have to sell the material ultimately. And if they don't have enough material to sell, then sometimes they have to trash it or just store it instead of selling it, which can be a, a big inconvenience for them. Uh, so based on the people I've interviewed, getting them more metal is really, really helpful. In fact, um, the main woman I talked to at the recycling plant, she said metal is so valuable to them that they encourage people to, this is only in um, uh, 
New York City, I guess, but they encourage people to recycle umbrellas because you can, an umbrella is a weird thing because it has like plastic, um, soft plastic and hard plastic attached to it. But they said that apparently like the concentration of metal in an umbrella is so valuable to them that it's worth the time to strip off the plastic so they can get all of that metal. So I'm just giving you a sense of how valuable metal is to the recycling industry. So if you're, you know, not removing staples from your takeout bags and your uh, medication bags and all kinds of other things that you're going to have staples on, then you're depriving them of this metal that, you know, I get it's just the staple. It's a very small amount. But think about how many delivery bags you've probably ordered or how many medication bags you've probably picked up, right? Think about how all those staples can add up. So removing staples is really important, especially because if you don't remove the staple, um, especially if you're in a dual stream system, then think about what's going to happen, right? When that magnet sucks it up, it's going to take all this other stuff with it. And then the workers are going to have to manually separate everything, right? Um, and, you know, and even for a single stream, like I, I'm sure that it helps the workers if they're not separating that later on. Cause even if, if there's only one stream in terms of the intake, ultimately they're not going to be, you know, like melting down the metal and making it into new metal in the same, you know, furnace or whatever, where they're like pulping the the paper or whatever, right? It's going to have to be separated eventually, even if you're still putting it in the same, you know, bin, like separated as in it shouldn't be like attached to each other, just next to each other in the bin. So that's a big one. Um, removing staples. I think that's definitely one people don't think about enough. Um, Food soiled paper. That's a big one. Uh, and, and again, you know, you should double check your area, but I think this goes for most places. If you have paper that is soiled by food because it was used as a container for food or because, you know, food stains got onto it, do not recycle that paper trash it. I know from talking to the workers, from doing the research that food soiled paper, especially food soiled pizza boxes, um, can cause problems for them. So don't do it. Uh, depending on the type of paper, you might be able to just compost it. Um, if it's food soiled, I'm going to do a separate episode for composting, but obviously there's like a little bit of overlap. Uh, and when I say composting, I don't even necessarily mean home composting. Um, in addition to doing all the recycling stuff I mentioned, I do municipal composting drop-offs. So like I, I, I sort my waste into what the municipality accepts, and then I drop off all that waste in a government-regulated bin or drop-off center. Um, sometimes the bins are not manned by someone. Sometimes it's sort of like a bunch of bins and they do it as part of like a green market and you'll have some workers there, some volunteers. Um, 
So yeah, I, I would be careful of like the type of paper. Um, and if you don't have time to research that or get uh, some feedback on that from a composting expert, then it's really safer to just trash it. You know, ideally we would have a system where there's enough investment where we could have like lots of well-paid, well-treated workers um, going through all of our trash, all of our recycling and just making sure everything gets recycled, everything gets composted, uh, that we don't have any landfills, etc. I'm trying to make that world a reality, but that is not the world we live in right now. So um, it's usually easier to just trash food soiled paper, especially if you're not even sure it's paper. Like maybe it looks kind of papery, but it has like a plastic lining on it, which is common for a lot of like takeout containers um, and stuff like that. So that's a big one. Remember with pizza, bo uh, pizza boxes in particular, if you want, you can rip off the part of the pizza box that has not been food soiled and you can put that um, with the other kind of cardboard and stuff. This brings me to another big point. I see people make this mistake all the time in my building and in other buildings I've been in, which is that, but I try to be forgiving of it again because it is kind of an understandable mistake. Um, don't put cardboard in the paper bin. I don't know any places where they want you to do that. Again, you should double check, but I've never met a recycling person who has been like, yeah, put all your cardboard boxes mixed in with your regular paper. Um, just don't do that. You know, if you're in uh, an apartment building like I am, then usually the way it works is your super, your building manager, your porter, whatever it is, will say, hey, this is where I want you to put your cardboard boxes. And usually they kind of want it... Um, put like vertically, like kind of to the side of the paper. Uh, but they definitely don't want it in the paper bin. I've, I've never heard anyone ask for that. Again, double check, but um, I see lots of people do that. I end up just taking it out of the bin for them and putting it in the right spot. But yeah, I don't think you should do that. Um, definitely not. And... Um, and remember to fold, uh, remember to take apart your cardboard boxes. So, you know, make sure you have a box cutter at home, which you probably do anyway, because, you know, it's 2023. And even people like me who prefer retail shopping often have to get something online because it's not in the retail stores, right? So you get a box, you have to use your box cutter to cut. Well, it's funny is it's called a box cutter because usually it's for tape, but you have to use the box cutter to cut the tape apart. You fold it into uh, a position where it is as vertical as possible, right? Where, you know, it's all folded up into basically just like a line. And then you put it, uh, you know, slide it usually between the wall um, of the refuse room and the... Uh, the paper bin or whatever it is, you'll know. And obviously you can ask your building manager if you live in an apartment building. Um, for houses, I am not super sure because I haven't lived in a house in 14 years. Um, 
But from what I can tell, it's similar where, you know, it, I mean, you should always double check, right? Like maybe depending on your area, maybe if your bin is big enough, then they do want you to put the cardboard boxes in the bin. Or if not, maybe, you know, you can, you can pile it up next to the bin. You should double check that. I'll admit, I, I don't, uh, you know, when it comes to living in a house and dealing with cardboard boxes, I'm not as much of an expert, but I'm sure that there are guidelines online. You can even ask the worker if you end up, you know, if, if you're in a house, you might actually see the person when they're picking up your garbage. Um, so there, you know, I'm sure there's some way for you to double check that. But either way, uh, just take an extra little mental note on cardboard boxes because you might not be able to treat them the same way you do all the other types of paper that are much, you know, thinner and can be uh, compacted more easily, right? Um, with that, I think I'm going to wrap up. Those are the big recycling tips that, uh, you know, I think about all the time because I see people making those mistakes all the time. And, and I think, you know, if I think of any more, I'll let you know, but I think those are like really the big, big important ones, right? So just, just to recap, uh, check your guidelines, see whether you have single stream or dual stream, um, try to talk to recycling workers or managers if you can, try to do a tour if you really care about the issue, um, don't put soft plastics in the recycling. Uh, don't put cartons in with the paper if you're in a dual stream place. Don't do food soiled paper. Uh, remember to take the staples out. Remember to separate glass and metal. And of course, just remember to, especially if you're in dual stream, remember to just separate all of those things, even if you end up putting them in the same uh, bin or whatever it is. And just remember that it, it uh, fundamentally it's a respect issue, really. Like that's what it comes down to. You know, I'm not gonna pretend to you that your recycling efforts alone are gonna save the planet. Um, you know, maybe if all of us were to recycle more responsibly, it would make a big difference. But realistically, you know, the big kind of planet saving differences, uh, need to come through policy, right? Um, I vote for the Green Party. I did last election. I almost certainly am going to vote for Cornell West, uh, now that he's running as the Green Party candidate, you know, so if that, that's another way. I mean, if you really care about recycling, you care about environmental issues, there's, there's literally a Green Party um, you can vote for. Not that they're perfect, of course, but they, you know, have a way better record on it than the Democrats and Republicans. Um, but I can tell you that, you know, even if the big changes are only going to happen at a policy level, I can tell you that your acts every day with how you 
recycle, how you compost, like that does really make a difference. At the very least, it makes a difference in the lives of the workers, you know? Like I, I bet you their lives would be significantly easier if every batch they got was pretty well sorted already and they could spend more time just on their typical processing instead of cleaning up all of the mistakes that the consumer is making. So at the very least, if, if for no other reason, do it out of respect for strangers who are doing uh, tough but important jobs. And uh, yeah, if you think this advice was valuable, you like this episode, you want to support, as always, you can buy my books, Teach Me How to Die, Roushing a Judgment. You can follow me on social media. You can check out my Patreon page and consider becoming a member. You'll get exclusive access to my process of making my future books. You'll get all kinds of other perks that are listed there. You can donate directly on Spotify. And yeah, um, some of the other things like the Roush review and whatnot, I am realizing now are going to take a long time. Uh, It's just a lot of design, a lot of development work. But If you go on my website, you should be able to subscribe to my email list. You can at least do that so that once we do have all of that scaled and running, then you'll get emails, which will include um, browsing a judgment. So with that, uh, yeah, try to recycle better. And I will chat with you next time. Adios.